can can you make a house out of toothpaste? And this one isn't funny. When ghost hunts become deadly, today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, thanks for coming back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I probably should have reversed the order of those two stories that I introduced, because one, I can't really say it with a straight face, and in the other, a young man unfortunately lost his life. It's actually pretty recent, too. Uh, We'll be getting that into a moment, but I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day. Hope you're enjoying this massive heat wave we're having. You'll hear the occasional car drive by for two reasons. One, I'm recording during the day, which I normally don't do, and my window's open. Because if I had my windows shut, I would become a steamed ham in here. All my fans are off, so at least I'm able to eliminate that noise. But I, I gotta have a window open. We'll we'll try to silence out the cars as much as possible. But we'll go ahead and I think we're gonna go ahead and just get started. It's so hot. So we're going to go ahead and just jump right into it and see where this little... Because this mystery is a little winding. It takes you in some weird places. Now, before I get started, of course there's always before I get started, I, I need to reach out to you guys to see if I'm the only person who does this. I realized... I realized that there's something that I call shower protocol. Right? And I just realized this the other day. I take a shower in the exact same order every single time. I, I just realized this. Turn the shower on, obviously. And the first thing I always do is wash my left arm. Then I wash my genitals. Why are they called genitals? Because everyone only has one. Is it just my genital? Because it's just one of them, right? But anyways, so I wash down there. And then, uh, man, those cars are going to drive me crazy. Okay, I'm going to go shut the window. Okay, so in the 30 seconds it took for me to walk to the windows, shut them, and walk back, I've already lost 15 pounds in water weight. I'll probably go on some sort of sweat lodge vision quest while I'm recording this episode. But shower protocol. So I'll wash my left arm first. Then I wash my genitals. Then I wash my right arm. And then I drop the soap for whatever reason. I always lose the soap at this point in my shower. And I get it. And then I wash my torso. Then I wash my I, my legs. They, they will do either or. I never wash my back either. I've never like soaped up my back. I just figured the water takes care of that. I And I realize that I do it the same way every single time I take a shower. I'm wondering if that is a Jason thing or if other people like subconsciously they always wash themselves in the exact same order. Maybe it is just a Jason thing. Maybe that's the order of things. Oh, and I wash my butt. I left that out. I, when I say I don't wash my back, I do wash my butt. That actually comes uh, after my right arm. And then I wash my butt. And then I wash my torso, which I guess I should probably change that order up. But I figure, you know, soap, soap. So, like, all the bad stuff kind of, like, gets washed off the soap, right? That's how it works. I, so, yeah, my, I might, I might want to try to change that order. But is that just the Jason thing? I, I wonder if other people have, like, a particular way they wash themselves. And it's never been, never been, like, a conscious decision. But I'm wondering if I'm basically washing the parts of my body in order of importance. So get back to me. Let me know what you're, <laughs> let me know how you showered, people. I want to know what you're like, naked and wet in the shower. Hit me up at deadrabbitradio at gmail.com. Let's go ahead and jump into the story, though. Just wanted to share that with you and get some feedback on that. Colgate Forts is one of the conspiracy theories that pops up on our always discussed conspiracy theory iceberg list. Colgate Forts. And actually, that's how I found out about our last story, Rannycott Fort. On the last episode, I was looking for Colgate Forts, and then I was trying to figure out if that was a code for something. And so I started looking up charcoal forts. 
took me to Randicott Fort. But anyways, Colgate Forts, the little bit of information I found was maybe one or two sentences on a website saying that Colgate Forts was something that ex-Russian military officers did. They took a bunch of Colgate out to Siberia and they made houses out of it. So, of course... A normal person would go, no, that's ridiculous. But me, I began Googling, what is the freezing point of Colgate? Can you freeze toothpaste? How long does toothpaste stay frozen? I think I actually tried looking for stuff like, can you build a structure out of toothpaste? Now, here's the thing. Siberia is blisteringly cold. I read a book about the siege of Leningrad. I think it was just called Leningrad. It was an amazing book. So the story was about a symphony about Leningrad and the orchestra in the city under siege by the Nazis trying to get people together to perform that symphony as like a propaganda tool. It was a great book. It's all non-fiction. It's all 100% true. There's a bunch of cannibalism in it. People, women are like giving birth to babies and then eating them. There's roving gangs of cannibals having shootouts with the police. They had to form an anti-cannibalism brigade. It was such a huge problem. Towards the end, the symphony that Leningrad started off with maybe had like 17 people left because they'd all gotten blown up. The constant shelling of the area. It's great. It's a great read. Very, very tragic yet uplifting story. One of the interesting things, though, was that the Nazis, they weren't prepared for the winter. They came in their light clothes, a lot of paratroopers and stuff like that. And one of the problems is, is it got so cold that you just had to poop your pants. You go, what does it have to do with being cold? And here's why. In the book, it says if you pulled your pants down to poop, (laughs) if you pulled your pants down to poop, your butthole would instantly freeze shut and you would die because you couldn't never go poop again. You could never get warm enough to get your butthole loose enough to poop. So you just had to poop in your pants. That's miserable. Like, yeah, being in war is pretty bad. But being like, oh, man, I hope I don't get shot and I get home to my girlfriend, Isabella, and, you know, we're going to have a bunch of babies. And then your butthole freezes shut. And then you spend the next, you know, three or four days trying to figure out how to warm yourself up. And then you just die because your intestines explode. I guess at a certain point you'd stop eating because you wouldn't want to poop anymore. But I think at that point you're you're kind of, you know, SOL. Anyways, so I knew that the the area that Russia is like super, it's cold enough to freeze your butthole. I figured maybe you could spray, build a structure out of toothpaste because Siberia is even colder, right? Because it's Siberia. So I looked all over for can you build a house out of Colgate? And the way that toothpaste is made, it really doesn't freeze that level. The water in it would freeze. And the more I researched it, the more I started thinking about how much toothpaste did these guys have? I mean, you would have to have a ton of toothpaste, <laughs> like you have your satchel of your normal survival supplies, and then you would need a, basically a house, a, enough toothpaste to build a house, or even a hut or an igloo. And then the, once I realized that, I go, why don't they just build igloos? So I think Colgate Forts, as far as this has been going, is busted. And then you're going, Jason, why are you wasting our time talking about something that is so foolish and even when you're researching it, you realize it was ridiculous. Well, this is why. This is this is the interesting part. The second question I was researching when I was looking at the Colgate Forts was why would Russian military go to Siberia to build these Colgate Forts? Were they doing some sort of testing or something? What happened is during the Russian Revolution, Russia had a ton of gold, literal tons and tons of gold. 
And the anti-Bolsheviks were like, there's no way we're letting the communists get a hold of all this gold. So a bunch of ex-military officers did run away to Siberia, like came from the original Colgate story. But they didn't take Colgate with them. They took the wealth of an entire nation to Siberia. That happened back like in 1918. They've never been able to find it. They looked all over for it. There's always these rumors and cryptographers were looking because they had like they had like a coded sheet of coordinates. But no one could find it. People, It was basically the Russian equivalent of the Lost Dutchman's Mind or the City of Gold. This It had become a legend. What happened to this gold? Would anyone ever find it? Last year, they found it. So, fellow Dead Rabbit Radio listeners, if you were in Russia and you wanted to hide something where you hoped no one would ever, ever find it, out of the entire continent of Eurasia, you have everything from Moscow. Well, you don't want it in Moscow because the commies are there, but you go all the way, all the way east, deep, deep into Siberia. Where would you put something if you wanted to make sure that no one would find it and it would be protected? Would you put it somewhere, say, where aliens lived underwater? Yep. Out of the entire continent of Eurasia, the gold was found at Lake Baikal. Lake Baikal, you may recall, was actually the lake that we talked about earlier in the series where they had the giant alien creatures swimming underwater, apparently, and they were able to throw frogmen, not literal frogmen, but uh, Russian frogmen up into the air, and there were supposed to be UFOs down there. Out of all the places they could have hid the gold, they hid it there. More specifically, they hid it in a railway tunnel. And after a hundred years of mystery of trying to find this gold, which may have been dropped there to be protected by monsters or aliens, so, you know, maybe like... They, they figured, oh, you know, we've heard legends of monsters out here, or they knew there were monsters out there and they dumped the gold. Or, it's also possible that people who did dump the gold there began those legends to scare people off from that area. But anyways, after 100 years of trying to figure out this location of this gold, it was a mathematics genius who found a Russian mathematics genius who the, the media is not releasing his name because he's wanted by the FBI for the hacking of Hillary Clinton's email. It's not Guccifer 2.0, but it's somebody that the FBI believes hacked Hillary Clinton's email. Not like that would have been super hard. It was, you know, just an unsecured server. But that aside, he's the guy who's under suspicion for hacking Hillary Clinton's server. It took him an hour once he got the cryptogram. Once he got this note of this coded cryptogram of where this gold was that people have been looking at for their entire lives for over a century. He looked at it for an hour and said, oh, here it is. And they went there and it was theirs in a railway tunnel under Lake Pakal. And now billions, billions and billions of gold, billions of dollar, wait, what would it, billions of U.S. dollars in gold, not billions of gold, but billions of dollars in gold is headed back to Russia. They're moving it back. So he found it. And he'll probably get some sort of metal on his chest, but they won't reveal who it is because, you know, the FBI is looking for him. But interesting story. All came out of a stupid idea that somehow you could build a fort. I'm not denying that you could build a house out of Colgate. 
that's maybe possible if it's cold enough and it probably is cold enough over there my question is you, you just build an igloo dude like how much colgate would you need what would be the advantage wouldn't that stand out more you're looking in the woods for a bunch of russian soldiers and you see like a white mound of like igloo and then another white mound of igloo and then you see like a red white and blue minty fresh igloo off in the distance where are you going to check first where are you going to look i i know they didn't have the you you know, even if they didn't have, like, the red and blue coloring back then on the Colgate, you could still smell the minty freshness from across the tundra. A moose would be, like, licking on it and stuff. Just just use ice. The other story I wanted to talk about today, which was sad. I've, You know, so I was looking for a... a we we kind of did a series last week, which was food-based conspiracies. I, I really liked doing that. I thought it gave a lot of structure to the show. So I was looking for stuff about murderous ghosts. I think that's going to be one of the next series we do. Ghosts who have killed people. And while I was looking for that, I actually found this. It just happened on June 4th. In Seattle, these kids were... There's this haunted park in Seattle. And they're like, hey, yeah, let's let's go Scooby-Doo around this park. And we'll take our flashlights and maybe we'll see like old Mary Keller, the ghost who drowned eight babies and floats here every... Friday the 13th or whatever. Now, I used to do stuff like that. Me and my friends used to load up in the car. Gasoline used to be 99 cents a gallon, so you could just drive anywhere all the time. And we'd go to all these sort of haunted locations in in, Cal- in Sacramento. We'd visit, you know, this place would be rumored and this place would be rumored. And we'd just go to, like, creepy wooded areas in general to see if we could, like, sense anything or see anything. One day, me and my friends were driving on the road. We thought we saw Civil War ghost. And it totally terrified us. It was this, like, all gray figure. And it looked like it was wearing, like, a Confederate uniform. And it was just, like, walking down the street. It was super scary. And we're like, oh, my God, it's a, it's like a Civil War ghost. It's a Civil War ghost. And we turned around. At first, I thought, you know, it's just us, like, not, it's just all of our imaginations or whatever. So we turn around. We come back. He's still walking down the road. And it's, like, 3 in the morning. We couldn't figure it out. And he's head to toe in gray clothes, a little gray cap. And we're like, oh, my God, it's he's still there. It's the Civil War ghost. And we drove back around and we came, and this is again in the middle of nowhere. There was like an industrial section there. And then this long road is out in PFE, if you know the area, out by Antelope. But we come by a third time and it was a very elderly security guard. It was not a Civil War ghost, which, look, (laughs) one, we probably scared the crap out of him because we were driving by three times and it's not the the most well-behaved area. But two, thinking back to it, I think even that night, we're like, why would a Confederate ghost be in Northern California? That would be quite the well-traveled ghost. But so, you know, we did stuff like that. We'd go out to all these places. And this young kid named Ryan De La Cruz was at Martha Washington Park with some friends. And they're looking around for ghosts. They're having a good old time. Just, you know, having fun, being kids. And he gets shot three times. A car drives by and just opens fire on them. And the friends call 911, and the cops come, and he's still alive. But by the time he got to the hospital, he had passed away. At this point, so that was in June 4th. As of today, July 24th, they have no leads, or they're not revealing any leads. They, it's you know, In the article, they say they don't think it's gang-related. Generally, that means that both members weren't members of gangs. It can be gang-related. It's not considered gang-related if a gang shoots a civilian. It's only considered gang-related is if one gang shoots at another gang. 
they don't think the man was targeted either. They think it was just, it, and they it may be related to another shooting. What I think is weird is they're really keeping this close to their chest. The police aren't revealing many suspects about this. This isn't huge news. The only reason I stumbled across it was, and Seattle's fairly close to me. The only reason I stumbled across it was because I was looking for murderous ghosts. And unfortunately, I stumbled across this story of a man who was murdered looking for a ghost. So, you know, it, it's sad and it's tragic. And hopefully the assholes who did this get caught. Because, you know, accident or not, if they just thought they were shooting in the woods because they were drunk hillbillies. Or if they were shooting in the woods because they saw some people out there. You know, they, you know, there may be different levels of punishment for that. But, you know, they, they need to be taken care of. And, you know, obviously what's going on, these friends and stuff have to deal with this. I give it a month tops before his ghost and I'm doing air quotes here his ghost is haunting that area the rumors have probably already started that now if you go out into the woods on a Saturday night you can see his bloody body floating through the woods which is sad you know it's easy for us to discuss ghost stories when they're hundreds of years past and it's like oh Mary Martlin fell off this bridge and now her broken necked body comes and she tickles you you know that's you know th- that's easier for us to kind of deal with but ghost stories do develop fairly quickly so i'm sure his ghost story is already there people are kids are always like oh don't go out of the woods ryan will get you ryan will get you and then of course you could always say well maybe nobody shot him maybe it was some sort of ghostly activity that shot him i don't believe that but again they you know that rumor will spread too oh they never caught the guys because he wasn't actually shot it was this ghost attack and blah 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 the reason why i'm telling you this story is because i know a lot of you guys if not all of you are interested in paranormal activity ghost hunting stuff like that be careful i know that when we did it when we jumped in the car and we drove to wooded areas, I always brought weapons with me, bats and mace. And California, it's really hard to carry a gun. I know a lot of you live in other states where that's far more permissible. But my number one fear when I was going down to those areas was dogs. And the second fear was hobos. I don't know if anyone uses the word hobos anymore, but you know what I mean? The, you know, coming across transients. My third fear was ghosts, the Blair Witch, Bigfoot, you know, the Lizard Man. But, you know, just protect yourself. Uh, that may not have helped. It. They wouldn't help this gentleman if he had a bat. It's not really going to help him. But, it, you know, there is a level of danger when you're going into an area at night. There all sorts of things can go wrong. Oh, and the other thing is I when I brought groups and when I was running with my friends in these areas, everyone had to have a cell phone on them. And this was a while back, so not everyone had cell phones, but we'd want to have at least three or four cell phones. Sometimes I even had extra cell phones because I'm not going to get into why I had extra cell phones, but you always want to have that line of communication because really what you're doing is you're going out into an relatively uncivilized area at night and nobody knows where you're going because you don't know where you're going. You hop in the car and you're like driving around and then they're like, hey, yeah, let's go. Let's go out to old Potterman's Creek and see if the ghost is still there. It's not like you ever had a map. So you want to be, this is my tips for ghost hunting, for doing this kind of fun ghost hunting to stay safe. Bring a weapon, bring a form of communication, have fun, and be aware of your surroundings at all times. That will at least give you a leg up over, oh, and and don't go out there drunk either. Because again, I'm not worried about you getting drunk and getting assaulted by a ghost. I'm worried about you getting a drunk and like falling down a ravine, stuff like that. 
trespassing, I trespassed before. I don't, I'm not going to tell you not to trespass. That just comes along with the territory. Just be mindful of your situation. And if the police show up, be just be respectful and talk your way out of the situation. And if not, you get the ticket. You know, police show up, you get busted, you take the ticket. If someone tells you get out, you just leave. That's those. Those are my tips. Like that will happen. Cops show up and you're drunk and you're underage. Now you have a problem. Cops show up and you're belligerent. Now you have a problem. We've been stopped by the cops before. Hey, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just hunting for ghosts. Ha <laughs> ha, you guys are idiots. Get out. Okay, officer. No biggie. No biggie. So those are my tips. I hope that the killers of this young man are caught, and I hope they're caught soon. And I hope we I hope they get swift justice, and I hope his family finds peace. It's a terrible story. And I really hope people don't exploit his death to cause some sort of ghost story. But knowing neighborhood kids, they probably will. So that unfortunately just comes along with the game. So be safe when you do this stuff as well. So that's going to be it for today's episode. I literally, there's a puddle of water on the floor. And that is mostly my sweat and maybe some of my tears from having to sit in this hot, hot room. But I hope you enjoyed my sacrifice. I enjoyed doing it. I could have done it later at night, but sometimes I like recording these day shows. You can hit me up at deadrabbitradio at gmail.com. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. We we are also on Twitter at Jason O. Carpenter. That's my real name. We're just kind of keeping it casual with that one. We got our YouTube channel, Dead Rabbit Radio. That's where we take excerpts from this show. Dead Rabbit Radio is a daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. We will be back tomorrow with some other great mysterious stories for you, and I hope you tune in. Have a great day.